there really hasn't been a better spotlight. You know, it's, it's really unfortunate what's going on, but it's really put a spotlight on, on the digital divide and how big of an issue this really is. We weren't really ready for a pandemic like this. I mean, and this is just another, another element to really um, our lack of preparedness. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here today with Gabe Middleton. Gabe is the co-founder and CEO of Human IT. Gabe, welcome to My Company Story. Thank you so much for having me, Don. Sure. Gabe, first off, let's talk about what Human IT is. What do you guys do? Tell me about the business. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Human IT is a, is a nonprofit social enterprise. And um, we're here to, uh, put simply, we're here to create uh, opportunities for people who are left on the wrong side of the digital, digital divide. And basically, the digital divide are those who have access to uh, broadband connection and computer in their home and those who do not. And unfortunately, here in, in the United States alone, um, there are still 80 million Americans who don't have access to one of those two things in their home. In today's digital, digital age, um, you know, that, that's a real problem. Um, they're not able to connect to, to some of the basics, um, like, you know, telemedicine or if you need to apply, to apply to school or a job, that's all done online now. Um, that's where opportunity is, if you think about it. No one really has encyclopedias anymore. That's where all the knowledge is on the Internet now. So if you don't have access to a computer or a Internet connection in, in your home, you're really put at a large disadvantage. Um, so human IT is, is really here to, to shrink that digital divide. Um, and we do that by, by creating um, social enterprises. And uh, one of the social enterprises that we create is, is an ITAD business, which stands for Information Technology Asset Disposition. It's a fancy way to say we'll deal with your, your unwanted technology. Um, we've also created a broadband and digital literacy business, as well as a grants and foundational, foundational giving department. So let me understand this correctly then. You, you, you guys saw a need out there that there are 80 million people that don't have internet access. And you said, we're going to get... We're going to do what we can to get internet access to those folks. And then you went about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you approached companies or individuals or people who have leftover and used IT, computers and whatnot, and you said, give me the, don't throw them away, give those to me. You'll refurbish them, you'll clean them out, and then you'll give them to those people that need them. Is that, do I have that correct? That's absolutely correct. Yeah, the first thing that we did when we started Human IT uh, in 2012 was um, we wanted to address the, the hardware gap. Basically, we wanted, we wanted to make sure that people have access to either a good working computer in their home, whether that be a desktop, laptop, or tablet. Um, and so what we did to, to solve for that issue is we um, created that ITAD service that I, that I just mentioned. And what that means is that um, we reached out to businesses, um, Fortune 500 companies, to small and medium-sized enterprises. And we said, um, we'll deal with your unwanted technology or electronic waste. Um, better than you're currently handling it right now. And what, most, what was happening with most businesses is that they were using a downstream recycler. And when you recycle your electronics, oftentimes what happens is that the recyclers just grind up the, uh, the electronics for the precious commodities inside, um, which obviously would render that, that piece of technology useless. Um, I always like to kind of give the analogy of, uh, it's kind of like a car, right? If, if something, one thing goes wrong with your car, you don't just scrap the entire car. You, it's, it's a modular process. You could just replace certain parts. Same thing with technology. And so um, a co-founder and I would just realized that, you know, we weren't really uh, utilizing 
e-waste as best as possible as a country and, and really the businesses were just kind of wasting um, these assets, um, you know, because obviously there's still a lot of folks who are being left on that wrong side of, of the digital divide. So we said, hey, you know, work with human IT. We, we will pick up your technology for free. We'll give you free data security that is uh, Department of Defense grades uh, security. As it also meets the HIPAA standards. Um, and then instead of recycling that technology, we will repurpose the technology, keeping it out of landfills. And, um, and then we will donate any reusable uh, consumer grade tech to uh, low income families, veterans in need and other nonprofits um, in so order to shrink that digital divide. So you really solved a business problem, two business problems. One, you solved the business problem for the Fortune 500 company or the mid-sized company that has these computers that they're not using anymore that are, that are obsolete. And you're saying, don't recycle those, give them to me, we'll repurpose those. So they're like, great. And so they give them to you, you clean that data out of there, so you make sure they're secure before you pass it on to someone who needs it. And then, and then you have, what's the third portion of the business then that you were telling me about that, that you, you do internet access to those folks? Yeah, and that happened a few years later as far as our broadband business. Um, and, and in the early days, we were just uh, donating computers um, uh, by themselves. But as, as necessary as a computer is uh, to have in your home, it's not sufficient. <laughs> uh, you need access to the Internet to go right. along with that computer. And so we wanted to make sure that we were able to provide uh, that service um, as well to pair with the computers that we were redistributing to our recipients. And so um, what we did is we created partnerships with basically every single internet service provider or ISP in the country. And we were letting them know, we let them know what we were trying to do as far as shrink the digital divide. And um, they've been very opening, very open to partnering with us. And they said, okay, well, we can um, offer them, the, your recipients, a, a special low cost uh, internet uh, options where they can get high speed internet, you know, nothing dial up because that's obviously obsolete these days but actual broad, true broadband connection um, for at a low cost. So any, anywhere from eight to $20 a month wow. for a high speed uh, internet connection to pair with the computers that we were donating out. So you're donating a computer. So someone gets a computer for free, they pay eight to $20 a month and they have internet access and they have a computer. So these guys are online now all of a sudden. How do you select who gets that computer and gets that service? That would be wonderful. How do you guys pick, pick people? So in the, in the early days, we actually handled all of the applications ourselves where people would actually apply to receive a free computer through our website or call in via 1-800 number. Um, but very quickly, we felt like we were um, reinventing the wheel with that process a bit. And that was just too much for us to handle. And so we decided to, to cancel that, that approach. And uh, we created partnerships with uh, CBOs, which stands for community-based organizations and other nonprofits. Um, as well as, as uh, local government and municipalities. And we said, hey, you know, who, there's already so many great services out there when it comes to, um, you know, nonprofit work, whether it's, you know, helping the homeless or helping single mothers, um, you know, or just, you know, veterans in need. There's already so many great programs. So we said, you know, hey, uh, community-based organization X, uh, we have 100 laptops that we're, we're willing to donate to your organization and to, to your recipients. Um, just let us know how, how you feel like your recipients can benefit by having these digital tools. And that's obviously an easy explanation for them to, to answer. Right. Um, so we just said, okay, well, you, you handle all the marketing, you handle the vetting of the recipients. Um, we will show up to a, a particular site and we'll handle the distribution of the computers, the sign up of the internet, 
and the technical support once they do get home with their with their computers oftentimes this is their very first machine and so they need they need help setting it up maybe something goes wrong i mean we've all been there right when it comes right. to technical issues um to where we actually have an it uh department um to where they they provide technical support for free unlimited for for one year wow that's fantastic um, so yeah. so someone so a uh, a nonprofit in say Detroit Michigan they contact mm-hmm. you or you contact them they say great uh, we need uh, 200 uh, laptops so you'll send a truck out to Mich- to Detroit and you'll meet them there they'll distribute it they'll decide who they go to mm-hmm. and then that person who gets it they'll call your IT people you'll help them through it they will mm-hmm. sign up and they'll they'll pay will they pay you or they'll pay the local AT&T or how does the how does that business part of it work yeah, great question. So actually, we handle the distribution angle uh, and component of, of the process. So the CBO just just identifies and markets okay. to the recipients. And then we'll, we'll actually interface with the recipients ourselves just so we could get them in our, in our database so we know who has received what technology, what they wanted to use it for. And then we follow up with them uh, six months down the line to make sure that this computer actually is, is benefiting them um, and that, that it's still useful to them. Right. Um, so, so we do, we handle that, that follow up. Um, but, but, but to go back to to your question, um, you know, it really depends. So once we, once, once we interface with the recipient, we then, uh, will be text messaging them because, you know, oftentimes some of these, uh, individuals have two jobs. They don't really have a lot of time in the middle of the day to take a phone call to figure out which internet is best for them. Right. So we'll, we'll text them throughout the day. And we'll, we'll give them their options and say, here is what, here's what your area provides. Because okay. not everyone's zip code has the same ISPs that are available to them with the same, with the same speeds or, and, and deals or, and, and whatnot. But um, so we, had, we say, okay, where do you live? Here are all of your options. What is your situation? Do you have kids? Uh, do, they like to, do you like to stream video? Um, if you do, then you're going to need this speed. Or if you're, a, if you're just a, a single individual, uh, maybe a student, um, you know, maybe you don't need as high of a speed and you, a mobile hotspot is better for you. And so we just pair them whatever works best for their situation. Once we identify that, a few different things can happen. Either we work directly with the ISP to, to then hand off um, our recipient to them. So because oftentimes that ISP will need to go to their house and install a modem, just like, you know, most of us uh, have had that experience with our Internet. Um, but we have what we call our mobile citizen program to where we actually handle all of that sign up process and the billing in house wow. to where, um, we will sell them a mobile hotspot where they can connect to 10 devices so they could be on the go go. Cause a lot of our families don't have stable housing either. So they need, they, you know, it doesn't make any sense for them to have a, a modem installed into their, their residence cause they may not be there in a few months. Right. So, um, transit and moving yeah. around. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So maybe the mobile hotspot or mobile citizen program is a better option for them. And so where that's um, a $15 a month broadband, high speed, unlimited LTE connection using the Sprint network. Yeah. Um, and, to, and so uh, if, if they pick that, that option, um, they deal with us through the, whole, through the whole process, signing up and paying their bill. So Gabe, tell us about, I mean, it sounds like on the one hand, you're a nonprofit or started off as a nonprofit, but now you're also charging, now you're making money too. And you sell the, what you don't, what you collect from Fortune 500 companies and can't give it away. You sell that uh, merchandise and get money. So you have revenue coming in and yet you have, you have grant money coming in also, or tell us about the, and you have a lot of staff. You have what, how many, how many employees are working for you right now? 
Yeah, so uh, we have about 70 employees, uh, full-time employees working for us right now, which is when I say that out loud is just shocking to me sometimes. That's great. <laughs> how big Congratulations. And, and you've been in business how many, how many years now? Uh, just over seven years. That's great. Great growth. Yeah. 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 And we started with, you know, less than a thousand dollars from the co-founder and I's bank account. We, we bootstrapped this whole thing. So uh, to look back on, on the growth has really been uh, humbling and really amazing, to be honest with you. Um, but we, you know, in order to to do the social good and shrink the digital divide that that we set out to do, that, that all takes money. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that we can't do that for free. We need to keep the lights on. We need to pay our staff. You know, yeah, we work for a nonprofit, but our lives aren't nonprofits. Right. We still yep. need to pay our bills. And, and um, you know, it takes a lot of resources to, to shrink the digital divide. And um, eight years ago, or just about seven and a half years ago, um, you know, when we started, um, this is my very first attempt at a business. You know, I'm not uh, a serial entrepreneur. Didn't wasn't a kid who had a lemonade stand. Um, didn't never thought I would be an entrepreneur or kind of run my own business growing up. Um, and so when we started, I knew um, with my bio and my resume, I wasn't going to have a lot of foundations or, or individuals um, lining up to give me a check to start this start this business just because it's a good idea. And I didn't really want to be beholden to, you know, who was in office or how much money a certain foundation has to go towards this cause. Um, so I, I thought it was really important to basically um, take a, a more of a, a social enterprise approach to this to where we could generate our own revenue and then, you know, make, make sure that we could we can fund ourselves without being reliant on, on, on again, who is in office or how much money is out there. To, and you've, to been, this and you've been successful at that goal right now, then. Yeah, yeah, um, we've been we've been pretty successful at that. Specifically with our iTad business, you know, we have hundreds of of businesses who use our who use our iTad services, um, you know, to get rid of their e waste because it really is a bit better business value proposition. Yeah. It's better than throwing it away in the landfills, which you know, sadly, is what happens to the majority of tech these days. Yeah, um, and it's better than recycling it and grinding it up for the commodities. Um, so it's really easy for our iTad businesses. Um, we make it easy for them to be sustainable, which as we all know in today's age, that's becoming more and more important to that's show true. customers and to the public how, how uh, responsible you are and how sustainable uh, your approach is. And, and we make that, we make that um, really easy for our iTag clients. Um, so they obviously like that. Yep. Um, and, and that obviously brings in a lot of tech. We take in technology from all 50 States um, in this country. So, that's um, great. That's that great. business is, is really growing. And we, uh, we don't just handle their computers, tablets, and cell phones. We handle all of their equipment. Mm-hmm. If we really want to re- uh, replace the recycler or, or, and provide them the best possible service, um, we need to make sure that we handle all their enterprise-grade tech, all That's their fantastic. office equipment. That's and good. Uh, what, we, what we do with that is we actually we sell that technology using our online store. And that generates majority of our revenue okay. um, to be able to go towards our programs. That's great, Gabe. That's fantastic. So, Gabe, let me ask a little bit now to, uh, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that you didn't have any experience in business. You got into this thing. All of a sudden, you find yourself employing 75 people and doing work in every state in the country. Remarkable story, by the way. But you must have hit some real challenges along the way and how you've overcome them. And I've got to tell our audience right now, we're talking on a Monday, March 16, 2020. And, and just on Friday, uh, I think it was Friday, that uh, President Trump came out and declared national emergency because of coronavirus. Uh, Governor Newsom decided to, sh- uh, you know, shut down many restaurants and places, and we're all working from home. Mm-hmm. 
you're working home, I'm working at home right now. I mean, and you, you mentioned you were interviewed on ABC News on Saturday for what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about why did they interview you guys? What is it about today's environment that has opportunities for your company? Yeah, you know, what a, what a unique time, um, you know, to be running a, a business, right, with, the, with COVID-19 and also known as the coronavirus kind of spreading out and all the unknown surrounding, surrounding our situation right now. Um, to where really all of our office staff has is working remotely now, um, and I was I was telling you earlier, Don, that this morning I had to say a little bit a little prayer <laughs> to to yes. make sure that you know I have the strength and you know I'm the health and 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 the wisdom to really kind of lead this company uh, around this this health crisis. Um, it's a bit scary out there, right, right now. Um, and as you mentioned, um, a lot of the businesses are are closed. All of the schools are, are closed and all the kids have been sent home. Um, but as I mentioned earlier about the digital divide, um, speaking more specifically to students, one out of four students uh, in California don't have access to a computer or broadband connection in their home. And they're supposed to be studying and working remotely. So not and sure library, how they're going to do that. You're right. And yeah. libraries are closed now also. So yeah. here you guys come in with an answer yeah. for that, that you can provide them with those with the, with the tools they need so they can study at home. Absolutely. So we have school districts, almost every single school district in the state, um, which there are quite a lot in California, are reaching out to us and saying, how can you help us? You know, can we, can we purchase uh, 50,000 laptops from you and 5,000 mobile citizen hotspots from you? And obviously we don't have that, uh, that much supply, but we're doing our best to, to accommodate all the students who now have to work from home and even even uh, the folks who need to work remotely, um, you know, not every single business has the IT infrastructure to, you know, lease out laptops or, you know, hand out laptops to work from home. So they're scrambling to try to get a device as well. Um, and as well as you really, if you take a look at, at who's really the most vulnerable population, even beyond students and, and employees, uh, when it comes to the, the coronavirus, it's, it's the elderly who are most susceptible right now. And um, a lot of the, the, the elderly population don't have access to a working computer or an internet connection in their home either. And, um, and so we, um, ABC7 reached out uh, to us a couple, of a couple of days ago to where we, they interviewed us and, and asked us, you know, what we're doing to, to try to help get folks get connected and how folks can, out, uh, how can they, um, you know, outreach to us and get connected with us to either get a, a, a laptop in their home or an internet connection. So we're doing our best to really kind of disseminate the information about how to get connected, um, the best way to communicate with human IT and, and, um, and you know, why it's important um, uh, to understand, you know, the, all, all the aspects of what the digital divide, um, you know, how it affects how how it's affecting everybody really you know students employees and the elderly elderly alike yeah I mean, just the story that you're telling us today on this podcast I mean it explains it illustrates very clearly how much there is a digital divide out there and what you're doing to do that but it seems like with this uh, COVID nineteen virus going on with so many workplaces being dis uh, and and schools being shut down you're presented an opportunity that to to really be able to run with something if you had enough uh, supply. To, to there's a great demand out there for people that need these services that you've been providing for years. I mean, there's, there really hasn't been a better spotlight. You know, it's, it's really unfortunate what's going on, but it's really put a spotlight on, on the digital divide and how big of an issue this really is. 
Um, in so many ways, in my opinion, we weren't really ready for a pandemic like this. <laughs> um, and, and this is just another another uh, element to really um, our lack of, of preparedness around um, really quarantining ourselves at home and really what's that going to do for our education um, and for our economy if we're, if we're not able to communicate live and effectively using the internet in a, in a computer. That's right. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting, Gabe, to see when this airs in a couple of weeks from now, what the world is like at that time. Hopefully uh, your prayers have been answered and, and we'll be in great shape, but you never know right now. We just don't know sitting here today, do we? Yeah, we just really don't know. It's really scary and we just got to make sure we stick together as a community. Absolutely. Good. Well, Gabe, uh, before we wrap up, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way to get, get a hold of me is, is LinkedIn. So if you just uh, search Gabe Middleton on LinkedIn, um, you, you can see uh, Human IT is attached to my profile as well. Uh, shoot me a message if, if you uh, have any questions about how we're shrinking the digital divide, um, you know, how Human IT really scaled up to the company is today. I'll be more than, more than willing to communicate um, and respond via LinkedIn. Great, Gabe. Well, you've been a great, a great guest on the show, and we wish you the best of luck, and we look forward to uh, following your success. Thank you, Don. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.